Stuart Brisgale and David Solomon every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, noon Eastern. You think about it, we rant about it. Listen to us live on Facebook. What's up, everybody? It is hump day. Yep, I remember as a kid listening to a radio station called Shom, C-H-O-M. And it used to be, it's it's the hump day. It's still around there, Stuart. Stuart Shum's still around. It's still around, you know, still around, still a rock and roll station. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about COVID. We've been talking a lot about stupidity and uh, some common sense. And, you know, I think David and I are kind of tired of it, or we just kind of think you're tired of it. So we've kind of mixed it up today. David and I spoke yesterday and uh, came across some really, really neat topics. And uh, I think today and Friday, we're going to be ranting about these nice topics. David, what do we got in store for these people besides some good gas? You know, good gas. There, this is a good good segue, my friend. But I'll, I'll tell you guys, you know, what's, what's absolutely fascinating is if you've been paying attention outside of COVID and everything else, there's a UN conference happening in Glasgow, Scotland, where the notion behind this conference is for climate change. Here we go again. We have the Paris Accords. Was well, that the one Accords. where Joe Biden was sleeping at the wheel? Well, the, the COP26 is exactly where Mr. Biden kind of fell asleep, you know. Oh, no, a little tired. But that's not the point of what we're not here to rip Mr. Biden just yet. The problem with these conferences, aside from the weird optics that all of these people come in multiple planes and talk about cutting emissions and all that, once again, promises are being placed on a table to hit targets in 30 years from now, 40 years from now, 50 years from now, some short term, so they say. But the reality is, is that we've been here before, Stuart. And the problem with being here before was we're repeating the same actions we did the last time. The optics are beautiful. Governments are coming together. And the UN is bringing people together to make the planet a better place. But at the end of the day, the egregious Chinese, the Russians, and even in India, and yes, you're allowed to say that, they're the worst polluters in the world. And no matter what promises we put on the table, it's not happening. Oh, and by the by, did I mention that in the good old US of A and Canada, promises were also laid out and then were not followed. Now, I know what's going to happen. People are going to say, well, Mr. Trump pulled out of the Paris Accords and he cares only about oil and he never cared about his friends and who cares. And we hear the same rhetoric in Canada about our conservatives only caring about, you know, the oil country and whatever. But the reality is that there were many, 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 many other things that were put on the table that no government, not yours, not mine, did anything about. And so beautiful to stand here and to tell the whole world that, listen, we've got a problem that the world is warming, according to scientists, and they're worried about a a four-degree Fahrenheit um, rise in the the temperature. They want to keep it to two, around two and a half. I get it. And they're saying all of these things about, Stuart, about what we need to do in this world. But reality is there's, there's no plan. It's all talk about, yes, we have a goal. And you know what? Mr. Biden will probably be dead by 2050. We're talking you know, you know, Dave, I just want to jump in because, you know, I love statistics, right? So, you know, we're going to talk about electric cars just for a minute 
because, you know, they want to have no more fossil fuel cars. So first question you have to ask, how many cars are there in the United States? Well, as of 2020, one second, one second, there's 286, 900,000 cars registered, registered in the United States. No, 287 million cars. That's almost one car per person. Right. Now, there are 30 kilowatts, right, to travel 100 miles, right? So then the next question was, how many kilowatts is that? That's so if we take all those cars to travel 100 miles, that's 8.6 billion, that's with a B, kilowatts. So then I wanted to figure out how long does it take to generate that much electricity? Well, you know what? The average power output estimated from a megawatt power plant is 138,000 megawatts per day. So, you know, when we talk about this climate accord, we talk about infrastructure and we talk about feasibility, if there's 8.6 billion kilowatts required to drive only 100 miles for every car on the road, if you take 137,000 watts generated by one power plant, how many power plants do you need? To generate enough power for three days. Well, I gotta I gotta throw a curveball at you, my friend, because so how many blackouts, brownouts, rolling blackouts, rolling brownouts have you heard about in the last few years, especially in the great state of California, right? Oh, and oh. the funny thing, and hey, the look, funny look, thing look, is don't call it a brownout. You're being a racist. No, okay, call it whatever. The thing is that at this point, what we're seeing is that the current power grids as it stands today cannot handle nope what's going nope. to come down the line and, and where, where does the majority of energy come from for california and the new england states uh by the yeah. way we're we're the biggest supplier here in quebec for new england right now of oh, new england no, all, all new england new york that whole new york new jersey you supply yeah. the majority of electricity for the entire eastern seaboard right yep. now california is also being power planted from British Columbia. Did you know that? Now, here's here's the funniest thing. You're our largest trading partner. So the United States' largest trading partner in the world isn't China. It's Canada. And, you know, the United States just fucked Canada on a pipeline deal. The dumbest decision that President uh, Biden has ever done. Now, hang on. was the greatest thing for Canada because Canada is now exporting all that energy to all those countries that, you know, aren't giving a shit. So dumbass Biden, I'm sorry, who who made this stupid decision. And again, we're not right wing media. Well, well, and, but, but again, I mean, you, you don't have to be right wing media is, to see the, the stupidity in this. But the, thing is, but the thing is that what you're finding here with, with, with the insanity store behind all of this is the following. The current grid right now can't handle what the, the already the output required for the electrical needs. Now go add all these electric cars that are about, or these hybrid cars that are about to go on the road because Ford, GM, Chrysler are no longer making- BMW, Porsche, right. They're Volkswagen, no longer, so now Lexus. You, so hold on, and that's only cars. Wow. Now here's the program that's gonna help homes. Now they're gonna hey, talk about solar panels. David, and by the way, a shout David, out- 
Shout out. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. A shout out to my friend Sass Perez from iSun Energy, who, who taught me a lot about what we're talking about, renewable energies and what have you. And he will tell you that right now the government's are talking a wonderful game and there needs to be more investment. If you want to get to the 2050 goal, if you don't go out there and invest in these renewable energies and just rely on electricity to do it or whatever, homeowners are going to like how many, I don't know how many homes right now in the U S I know there's still a lot in Canada, but you like that are still on gas and oil. They have to convert at one point to, to a renewable energy. How are they paying for all this? Where is the plan? Oh, wait a second. There's a one point something trillion dollar infrastructure bill. Great. Which doesn't really count for, by the way, it's not all going infrastructure. But how much is going to help actual homeowners to convert to a renewable energy? Has anybody thought that out? Oh, I got another one for you, David. What is the primary heating source in most houses? Just as an example. What is In Montreal, Quebec. Well, right now it's going towards electricity. But what what is it? What is the majority right now? What is your house uh, heated with? Electricity. Electricity. So electricity our house in cheaper. our house in Canada was natural gas. No, but no, but that that those days are long gone, man. They they the see that's the thing. The Quebec government subsidized homes to make the move to new energy. This is the problem: is that if you are going to go towards a more a greater you know, climate change that you want over the next 30 years, you need to set up the infrastructure today to convert homes, businesses to a more easier to manage renewable energy. And on top of it all, your infrastructure, your grids and everything has to be able to handle all of this. How many wind farms need to be built out? How much like, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky we have hydroelectric power coming out of our yin yang, but like it, you, you can't, it's like there's the thought and the numbers tossed out. We've seen this. If you do nothing, nothing will happen. It's not going to be magic. And no one has the intestinal fortitude right now in any government to sit there. Let me remind you guys about how bad planning works. Bad planning works, Stuart, if you don't mind. Bad planning works when, okay, COVID, when people were told, you need more respirators. And the government said, no, we won't. We can't afford it. We don't have the plan in case of a pandemic. And then look what happened last year. You're about to have, not a pandemic, a global nightmare. If you really are intending to do this in the next 30 years, which I don't believe Listen, Brazil and others. Who's gonna, which, which one of these politicians is going to be living in 30 years? Oh, Stuart, listen, uh, Trudeau's going to be probably about 80, So, but I don't think he's going to care. My point is this. It's sickening that you're using this once again, and we saw this in our – I didn't hear it in your campaigns, but in our campaigns, in the environment was a, was a, was a hot topic, you know, and people were asking, you know, Trudeau, well, what is he going to do? And he was called out on all the lack of promises that he kept and was asked numerous times. Shout out to Terry Roberts, my friend here in Montreal, who pointed this out. He goes, what engineering firm goes into a project without a plan? And here the governments are saying, we're going to go do all these wonderful changes. We promise you by we're going to cut. And here was one of them. We're going to cut um, 
methane by 30% by 2030 as compared to 2020 levels. But what you never ever hear is how. How are you going to do that? What happens if China, who's egregious in a lot of these areas, India? Well, hang on. No, no. China and Russia are the largest producers of greenhouse gases. By the way, do you know that Australia has rejected the idea of joining this, this thing? So if you're talking Russia, China, India, right, which is you're talking about a significant percentage of the population, right? And if they're not in, okay. Like the, it's not like there's there's the, the problem is that right now it's it's as bad as trying to to you know to try to get 200 Put countries a finger in a dike pretty much try to get 200 countries to work together on anything is impossible getting the G7 the seven most powerful or you know G8 economies to work together you see what it challenges it's like so now go at so much it's ridiculous this whole thing right now today is we're using this as a political weapon again that if in fact you know the things are, we let, let, you know you don't have to agree with the concept of that climate change let's pretend for argument's sake that you don't agree with climate change but we are seeing cars going towards the hybrid and electrical models right Stuart Yep. Then how in the hell are we going to power those cars? Where are the power stations going to be on the road? You've got gas stations at every God knows where. What? Where's the infrastructure for to support electrical cars? You know, where, the, the, con, the, the concept is that they're going to take our gas stations and turn them into power stations. But the problem is the power stations that they want to create, uh, which we're going to just for this conversation, call them power gas stations are going to need power plants to generate enough electricity to fill a demand for this electric power. Where is the money going to come to convert these gas stations? Then the, the amount of money to remove the gas tanks that are underground that every so many years they have to be dug out. I mean, this is a mess. Listen, we got to go in the direction, David. I'll agree that whether you believe in climate change, thanks, Bill Bob, you know, I don't disagree or agree with climate change. I think that you got to be smart. And I think you, know, you can't keep blowing shit up and not expect there to be, you know, damage. But, but, but I think is, we got to move in that direction. No, but, but, but this this but, takes time. And I think it's an all hands on deck, Dave. Look what good time it is. But you know what the problem story with all this is? What's the problem? Again, words, no action. And that's where I'm saying. Right. Isn't that the definition of a politician? I guess. Ladies and gentlemen, we've reached our quarter hour. We're going to blow out of here. Have yourselves all a great week. Enjoy the week. Hopefully hump day is going to be, you know, is good to you. We'll catch you all guys on Friday, noon Eastern, live, or listen to this recorded on Facebook.